You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Decisions always bring consequences. Every decision I make, every decision you make, most of the time we make a decision, we don't think of the consequences. But you must. I pastored here 43 years. I watched people start laying out of church on a Sunday night. I think all the time, oh my, your kids, are you thinking? Oh my, are you thinking about your kids? And I watched the result of that. You see, baptism alone, baptized into this church, we've baptized almost 20,000. I've lost more than we've kept. I have more war stories than I could shake a stick at. I thank God for the faithfulness of God's people. But I can see it. I can see it where, 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 how people react. I, I can see it. I can see it when children stop talking to the pastor. I think, oh, oh something's going on at the house. I watch where people sit. I, I've been here long enough, folks. I know church work. I know what happens. I'm thinking, what aren't you thinking I've been so loved, my wife been so loved, but I, I wonder what it'd be like to have a pastor so I could blame somebody. Or the church, North Valley, they did this to me. That's a pretty bad place. And every pastor that is listening right now would echo say, I, I thought you were free from that. No church is free from it. Dr. Harold Seitler, the great, 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 great church back there in North Carolina, he got to the point right at the end, he said, telling Dr. Bobby Robertson, I'm so weary with this. My great church, these people, I love them so much. But the decisions they make, he's leaning a big man, leaning on that car door, getting ready to get in his car. He said, Brother Bob, Brother Bob, Brother Bob. I told you, Dr. Bobby Robertson, who knew, he knew a lot of heartache too. They all do. Lee Robertson, Tom Malone, you name it. He said, Brother Bob, I'm just going to go ahead and go on preaching. Pastoring these good people, love it. There's no such thing. Brother Bobby Robertson, he hit 50 years at the same church, and I kept thinking, wow, wouldn't that be great 50? You probably, I don't know why I was thinking this way, probably no more troubles. I think the last half, and he said it, was harder than the first half. The last part was more difficult than all the beginning. We're living in perilous times. We're watching, we're watching people, we're told that over 50% of Christian millennials believe that sodomy is okay. And I'm beginning to sense that people think it's okay. It's sin. It's blasphemy against God. Decisions. The truth is, we think only big decisions hurt us. It's the little decisions. 
My Bible says little foxes spoil the vine. It's a little decision, but the light is red. It was yellow, but it's really red, and I hit the intersection I'm going through. That's a little decision, and you might get away with it, but I doubt it. And you take the life of another person in death because of a little decision to run a light. Or you drive a vehicle, and, and, and you can see it all the time. I witness it every day if I'm out on the road because you can tell the person ahead is texting, and their head is always down. I watched somebody the other day. I said to my wife, that lady's texting. And sure enough, we went by, she's texting. That's a little thing. But that could destroy your entire family's future. It's a little thing. It's a little thing to send an email that you should not send. It's a little thing. But the little things the Bible says are like the foxes that destroy. It's a little thing not to set your alarm at your house. So well, we don't have one. We'll get one. Get one. I heard on the radio the other day you can install it yourself in 15 minutes for $39. I don't know if it's any good. I don't know anything about it. But I do know this. I would not be, you've got to be responsible for your family to put them under protection in this day in which we live. And set it all the time. Set it all the time. Get the gates to my, 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 I have two gates coming into my backyard. I left them unlocked. Just, it was, we, you know, just left them unlocked for somebody to get in there and, and someone went in there and stole something. In my very backyard a few months ago. We were in church here several years ago and Sunday night during church, someone got into our house before the alarm systems went in and someone in our house and ransacked the house and stole from us. It's an odd feeling coming to your house and someone it was, you hear them going out the back door, you're coming in the front. My wife was, life was nearly permanently destroyed 40-some years ago we came here when a man followed her door, the little apartment we were living in, knocked on that door, and he later went and defiled, and she didn't answer the door, but he went in that same apartment complex and looking for blonde-headed girls and defiled several of them. He's in prison. Little things, little decisions. Failing, uh, failing some duty in life. Uh, ne neglecting your wife, it's a little thing. Neglecting your kids, it's a little thing. Saying I'm sorry and getting it right, it's a little thing. I don't know if he's watching right now, some of you are neighbors to this dear man. He's my former neighbor 26 years. I stopped and saw him. I've been, I was witnessing to his wife just two weeks before she passed away, younger than I am. They were our neighbors for all these years. And I said to him yesterday, I said, Ray, I, I don't ever see, I never saw you and your wife ever have a quarrel. He said, Pastor, we had one really argument fight. And we could not the next day really tell you what it was about. But we didn't, we didn't believe in it in our marriage. We didn't have it. He said, he said, we never went to bed mad. He said, we wanted to get it settled. I said, you're quoting the Bible, Ray. Let not the sun go down on the wrath. I'm not sleeping on the couch tonight. I'd rather get it right. 
little things, little decisions, little, little decisions that we decide not to lock our car. Little decisions, we decide to make that phone call we should not make. Little decisions, we neglect to fill out the paperwork for the IRS. Little decisions. I don't know in my life if I've ever seen more poor decisions nationwide that I've seen today. Making foolish decisions, reactionary decisions, selfish decisions, prideful decisions, worldly decisions, insubordinate decisions, ungodly decisions. There are many foolish decisions. We're going to get to this text in the Bible. Each one brought hurtful consequences. They were little. Adam and Eve, don't touch that tree. It's a little thing. You got all the other trees. Just to, you have them all. Just don't touch that one. I'm going to touch it. That was a little decision. But look what we battle today, the old flesh and sin, because sin's been passed upon all of us from Adam and Eve, Romans 5, 12. Cain made a little decision. I'm going to be mad at my brother. I'm going to take his life. Joseph brothers, they, 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 they just made a little decision. We're going to lie for over 20 years to our dad. And they lied to their dad. They brought back the coat that is dipped in blood and shredded. and said, Dad, this looks like Joseph's coat. They lied to their own dad. A little decision. Amnon had a friend, 2 Samuel 13, and he decided to listen to that friend, and that friend told him some counsel that was terrible, and it destroyed their life and destroyed their family. Absalom made a little decision. I'm going to be the king, not my dad. I'll take, I'll kill my dad. I'm willing. Let me kill him. I think of Gehazi, a little decision. Korah, a little decision. Ahithophel, little decisions. But every one of these Bible illustrations, Judas, I was reading this morning my Bible reading time about Judas, how he wanted that 30 pieces of silver. And then he came and he flung it down. He said, I don't want it. And he went out and, and he killed himself and hung himself and died. Cast himself down. Here's a decision that a boy makes. Judges 17 I was speaking about tonight decision-making. There was on Mount Ephraim a man whose name was Micah. He said to his mother, the 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from thee, about which thou cursest, and spake also in my ears, behold, the silver is with me. Mama, I took it. I took it. And his mother said, blessed be thou the Lord my son what a foolish mother I stole from your mother you're cursing everybody you're mad I got it oh good boy no not good boy bad boy you did wrong you're a thief and a robber from your own mother verse number three and when he had restored the 1100 shekels of silver to his mother his mother said I have wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord for my hand, for my son. Watch it to make a graven image and a molten image, and I'll restore it to thee. What a foolish mother. Mothers and dads, if we're not careful, 
We invest wrong into our kids. She's investing wickedness when we should be investing righteousness and holiness and godliness and restored the money and made a graven image. In verse number five, and the man Micah had a house of gods and he made an ephod and a teraphim and consecrated one of his sons to become the priest. He had no right to consecrate his own son to be his priest. That was not his task. That was not his duty. He did not have any authority to do it. Had he made a false image, he said, now, let's, let's add a priest. You be my priest. I'll put you in the ministry full time. You're my priest. In those days, there was no king in Israel. This is the key verse of the book of Judges. It ends the book this way as well. But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Could I ask this church, please? Could I ask God's people that are watching? Stop, Jack Treber as well, stop doing what we think is right in our own eyes. There's so much conflict because we, 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 we've got to have it our way. Follow authority. Follow rules, follow regulations, whatever it might be at work. Don't go to work tomorrow and you make the rules and you fight against your boss. You're not the boss. If you want to be the boss, start your own company. Now watch how many people don't work for you. There was a young man out of Bethlehem, Judea, verse 7, the family of Judah. He was a Levite. Ooh, this is good. They had the right to take this position, not his son. The man departed out of the city of Bethlehem, Judea to sojourn. Watch it. This is not right. Where he could find a place. I'm looking for a place. I'm looking for a place. I need a place to hang my hat and be a Levite. I'm looking for a place to be a priest. I'm looking for, a, I'm looking for an opportunity. You know, would you slow down? God will bring you the opportunities. That man we prayed for right here, God brought him a church. God, God brought it to him. Let, let God, people, people call me all the time and say, hey, I'm looking for a church. You got one? I've got a whole bunch of them. I'm not giving one to you. Let God ring your number. This young couple, God, God uh, contacted them and got a hold of them to go to Virginia. That pastor flew them out. They said, we're interested in you. We'd like you to come help our work. And they're leaving us to go on the East Coast to help there. Praise God for that. They weren't, oh, I gotta find some, I've gotta find a wife. Gotta find how about my wife always says, God brought Eve to Adam. He wasn't in the garden hunting, say, hey, behind one of these trees, is there a woman here? But God created a woman from his rib. My wife tells our class from time to time. Man was made from dust. He's dirt. Women was made from the rib, their prime rib. I'm not sure about all that, but I think it works. The Bible says he's looking for his job, looking for a place, looking for, I've got to find a place. God will bring you a place. Micah said to him, from whence comest thou? And he said, I'm a Levite. Of Bethlehem, Judea, and I go soldiering where I might find a place. I'm looking for a job. I'm looking for a place. 
Micah said unto him, Well, with me, I will be a father uh, and be unto uh, me a father and a priest. Watch it. And I will give you 10 shekels of silver. I'm going to give you money. Micah consecrated the priest. He had no authority to do that, but he did it anyway. And the young man became a priest and was in the house of Micah. And Micah now know that the Lord will do me good because I have now a Levite to my priest. Decision making. What was so wrong about all this? Did you notice his decision was based on money? You become a priest. It started with his mother. He took his mama's money. This kid had a money problem. And, and then Micah says, you come to me, and I am going to pay you some good buckaroos, big boy. Oh, verse, verse 10, I will give thee 10 shekels of silver and a suit of apparel. I'll pay you off. I'll make sure it's a good ride. What's the package? He's paying him a package. I would not, I challenge you tonight, I would not make spiritual decisions based on money. In fact, the truth is, I won't make money decisions based on money. I recall when I went to the first place I worked, I had no idea. They, they called me and they told me, we'll pay you 25 a week. And then right before I got married, they jumped me up to 65 a week. And then when we got married, 125 a week. No perks, no insurance, no nothing, nothing. But I got $125 a week. God gave us an opportunity to serve in another church so I could learn more about the pastorate. And that church, it got up to 135 a week. I went there without ever knowing how much it'd be paid. When we came here, we never talked money. They never offered me any money. As a handful of people, that first Sunday night, it was 22 people. I knew they didn't have money. And they said, we're going to try to hire both of you. I thought that was great. Hired my wife for $25 a week, 43 years ago. And together, her salary and my salary after a year was $8,600. And no insurance and no gasoline and no this and no that. It was it. That was pretty good, I thought. Our rent was only $450 a month living over there on Bethany Avenue in San Jose. I've never made money an issue. They that will be rich, you boys, God's going to call you to a field. God will take care of you. I guarantee it. He'll take care of you. He'll, he'll take care of you. I know he will. You walk by faith, not by sight. God, God will take care of you. He'll put food on your table. You may have to be like we've had to be in days gone by, especially where some days there's no breakfast, there's no lunch, there's no dinner, very few times, but it happened. God took care of us. I'd get those bills that'd come in. I never believed in paying a bill late, never have. And I think, Lord, how am I going to pay this PG new bill? How am I going to pay? It's $19. How am I going to pay it? This utility bill, it's, it's $47. How, whatever the numbers are, how am I going to pay it? 
how I'm putting gasoline. I can recall so many times we had a few older couples in this church and they'd say to us on a Sunday morning after church, Aunt Brownlee and his wife would say, let's go, we'll take you to lunch. And they'd take us over here to First Street and they'd take us to a restaurant and they'd pay for it on Sunday. I can recall that Bill and Eleanor Stoppy, and the next Sunday they'd say, can we take you to lunch? We'll take you to lunch. We'll, we'll take care of it. And then sometimes they'd say, come up to the house, living up here on the hill, come up to the house Sunday night after church. We'll, we'll, we've got food to eat up there. I know God will take care of you. Be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, God will take care of you. I love that dear missionary who was here this past week. Been our missionary for 21, 22 years. His dad was our missionary. His brothers and sister are missionaries out in Uganda. I'd like to bend inside of his heart to hear when I said to the church family, we're going to have the Thanksgiving offering for that vehicle. I hope we go way beyond. Maybe he can get a little bit newer one. I hope we'll go beyond so he can add more to the work of God that he's trying to get accomplished, his radio ministry there. Reaching that, that country. There's more freedom in Uganda than there is in the United States. They are welcome. The president of the country safe, and he welcomes people to come and teach in the public schools of Uganda. I'm talking about those people. They'll never, they'll never own our missionaries, they don't own houses. In Uganda, they won't have ever a house. Our missionaries in the Philippines, I was talking to Brother David Sloan's brother. It's down in Mexico. He's pastoring a church. And I said, what's about the average pay of the people in your church? He said, about $80 a month. Some make 100 I said, where do you live? He says, we rent a house. I said, what about the church? We rent a building. I'm thankful God, after almost 20 years of marriage, God gave us a place to live, and it's our home. I'm thankful for that. But I also know that if God wants to take that out of our lives, and if God wants to go somewhere else with my life and do something that he wants me to do, I'm not going to tie myself to a house. So many chase a dream of a house, and I thank God for houses. But I don't know a missionary on a field that owns one. And we expect them to go and preach the gospel and live in high humidity and mosquitoes and bugs and scorpions. And we amass so much, and I'm so thankful how God's blessed us. But never make silver, never make money the decision in your life how to find God's will for your life. Here's a boy, his decision making was broken because he based it on silver. They that will be rich, 1 Timothy, fall into stare and hurtful, and a hurtful, uh, uh, lose it right now, 1 Timothy 6, and the devil, stare of the devil. If you're not careful, I've watched people, I've watched people live for money and destroy their lives. The second decision he made was first was based on silver. The second was based on sin. He said in verse 3, I'm going to make a graven image. 
And he said the same in verse number four. And yet what is the Ten Commandments that were already written said? No graven image. If God tells us something no in the Bible, then no means no. Stop trying to debate with God. Try, stop trying to negotiate with God. If it's a no, then it's a no. God says, don't you forsake the assembly of yourselves together. That's a no. Then don't, don't lay out a church. I said it this morning. I, I, I say it all the, but all the time. I, I look over this congregation every service, and I'm thinking, they're not in their spot. I wonder where they are. Maybe they're on a business trip. Maybe they're out of town on vacation, and they're at another church tonight. Maybe there's sickness in the family. But I've passed here long enough that I see some folks that are missing more than they're here. We have a great class of young couples. Young couples. We had a 102, I think, in class, in our young couples class, 16 adult classes, and other couples classes, but we had 102 in our class. But I'll send out 20 to 25, 26, 28 absentee letters tomorrow and with the bulletin, we missed you in class. I don't know how that can be every week. Not this Bible, my old Bible, I still mark it. I started using this Bible a couple months ago. I have the attendance sheet. I know we missed one Sunday this year. We went to church in Oregon. We were on vacation one Sunday. I know last year we missed a Sunday. And quite frankly, I'd like to miss about three right now. I'd like to just go and be with my wife. And I mean, it's so bad right now, I think I'd even like to get in an RV and go. And if you've ever known anything about me and RVs, that's how bad it is. I like to just sort of rest and sort of regroup and sort of think and sort of pray and just have a little bit of the load off for a little bit. It just seems like there's no time. God wants us in church. Don't disobey God. We become casual with even church. We become casual with tithing. Casual with soul winning. Our theme next year, you already know it, serving the Lord in 2019, from Acts 2019. We've talked about, we've prayed about this, my wife and I, we're so burdened about this. We, we have the best serving church in America. I don't know of another serving church like this church. Greatest church. But on any given week, we have more that do nothing than those that do something. And every church is like that, and God's word said it be that way. Pray ye therefore the Lord of harvest, and he'd send forth laborers in his harvest. The, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. The labors are few. I'm out here in this circle every Sunday morning, and every Sunday morning someone will come up to me and say, I said, are you visiting? I'm visiting. I, I, someone stopped my, by my door and invited me to church. Just think if we had a 1,000 people more out every week just knocking on doors, just taking one hour, one hour, just one hour and passing tracts and letting this area, this liberal godless, it wasn't like this when we came here. 
It wasn't the Google and the Yahoo and the Apple and all the Intel. It wasn't all that when we got here. It wasn't supporting liberal causes when we got here. There was no such thing as a computer when we got here. But this is a liberal area. Just like this whole country is becoming so soft. What's the hope of this area? I've been praying so much and I think, Lord, sometimes I'm just so overwhelmed. I see, I see hopelessness. I show it's overwhelming how these hearts, these people are so anti-God. I see it's hopeless and I say, God, but I have to believe you. The darker the night, the brighter the light. And perhaps you've located this great, great New Testament church in the heart of the Silicon Valley that's open on a Sunday night to win this area to Christ. Our son a few weeks ago was preaching here. And he said if we, was, we would actually see the book of Acts at work, there'd be 25,000 on this property waiting to get into this building on a Sunday. His decision was based on silver. His decision was based on sin. His decision was based on selfishness. Verse 5. He said, I'm going to make me some gods in my house, and I'm going to consecrate one of my sons to become a priest. Because he said in verse 6, I'm going to do that which is right in my own eyes. Selfishness. It was stubbornness, fourthly. Verse 7 through 12, he said, I want a priest. I want a priest. I don't care if it's wrong. I want a priest. And it was based, and I don't like to use this word, but on stupidity. Verse 13, now I know that the Lord will do me good because I have a priest. You're wrong, buddy. And we can justify sin as much as we want. What was missing in this decision-making? I'm glad you asked, and I'll be done. Prayer. You don't see any prayer here at all. Counsel. There was no counsel. Where there is no counsel, people fall. I find that every week I have to find someone to give me counsel in some areas of my life. I'm ashamed to say it, that one of the biggest counsels I have is authorities and lawyers because there's not a week goes by that something's not done that nowadays is a red flag. I love the pastor, but you spend more time babysitting sin and studying the Word of God and praying and preaching. And I want to remind the church that any threats nowadays are taken seriously. To the authorities, to the insurance companies, and I will act upon it. I'm supposed to protect this church. I find that prayer is missing and counsel is missing and there's no faith here, no faith. Hebrews 11, God's, it's impossible for God to bless us without faith. I find no patience. I find no patience. Let us slow down and don't be so reactionary. Be still. 
I lived in a wonderful time in America's history. I lived in a period of time right after World War II where men were men. And men were not so, we had sin. We had things. I'm not saying everybody was Christian. But even unsaved men thought with patience. Oh, we had some reactionary guys. I was going through this my mind this week, my neighbors, Catholics, this man, I could name his name right, never went to church, never went to church. But he was a man full of character, took care of his wife. He was gracious to his wife. He took care of his two boys. He protected his family. He worked every day. He was not blowing off the handle all the time. I had the joy to be raised in that environment. I had the joy to go to church and watch stable men in my church. A stable pastor, stable deacons, stable Sunday school teachers. And it's an amazing thing, most of them are all dead now, but most of them all finished the course. They get haywire. Just men that were steady. Men that were not just blown off the handle all the time. And may I say tonight, I see none of that in this man. It was all reactionary. I have more to say. I think I've said enough. Our Father, I pray that tonight we would make good decisions with our lives. Good decisions. Not foolish decisions. There's no prayer here. There's no patience here. There's no waiting on God. There's no being still. There's no counsel. It's just all what he saw for himself. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Shall we stand? As we stand together tonight, I'm going to plead with you. Let's be people that make good decisions. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.